It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's to the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff, and it's the Q-inator. Oh, my God. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag. So for that, of course, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbly. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Johnny Brasholi. He says, who has more yards? Option A, Crowder and Herndon. Option B, Perriman and Mims. If Herndon is healthy, I think it's a no-brainer, Crowder and Herndon. I think that Darnold has shown that his two favorite targets on the team are Crowder and Herndon, both guys he has really good chemistry with. Herndon was his guy in 2018, but then Herndon was suspended and then injured last year. Crowder was his guy last year, really. He was the one that got the most targets. I expect that to be the case again in 2020. Perriman's a guy that flashed last year. We don't really know what to expect. He also hasn't had any time with Sam Darnold. And as Chris has talked about before, because of the unique circumstances of this year, that's going to mean a lot more than normal. And especially for somebody like Denzel Mims, who people think is going to take a little bit of time to develop, I think there's a possibility that Mims doesn't really start to catch on until, say, midway through the season, which tends to happen a lot with rookie wide receivers. So I think no-brainer here, Crowder and Herndon, especially if Herndon is healthy. If we're talking equal games played here, it's Crowder and Herndon, no question. Um, and honestly, if you tell me that you're as 16 games of Crowder and six games of Herndon, I'm probably still taking that over 16 uh, from each and the other group. Uh, wide receivers historically – take a little bit of time to really produce. Uh, I I think it's like 600 receiving yards is like uh, pretty much like a, a great year for a rookie receiver for most parts. Um, and Perriman, you know, I'm skeptical about him. I've been a, a skeptical about him. But so I don't know what to expect from Mims. Uh, and there's nothing against Mims this year, but this the offense in general and Mims like yeah if if they're if Herndon is playing close to half the year Crowder's healthy it, it's it's going to be that uh, tandem without question. Next question comes in from Michael Parsons over in the UK says hope you guys are good. Corey Davis fifth year option has been declined. Think he could be a player the Jets look at. What do you think his trade value would be? I don't know that he's going to get traded, 
But he's certainly a guy the Jets should consider if he hits free agency next year, which it certainly looks like he's going to, unless they trade him somewhere and he signs an extension. Because if they decline his fifth-year option, unless he has a really big year and they end up franchise tagging him, you would think he's probably going to be gone. He's a really fascinating case because we all know his speed. We all know his talent. We know what he did at Western Michigan. He was the fifth overall pick in the draft. And he actually had a pretty productive year in 2018. 891 yards, 13.7 yards per catch, four touchdowns. He did pretty well, but in 2019, he had that hip injury, really slowed him down. He had 600 yards, only two touchdowns. He's been a guy that's produced as an okay receiver at the NFL level, but just hasn't reached what everybody thought he would. But he's still young. You're looking at a player who is still only 25 years old. So he might be worth a shot next year, especially since we know that Perriman is only on a one-year deal. So if Perriman doesn't work out, you could make a run at Davis. We know the untapped potential there. The question is, is he ever going to hit his ceiling? If you're going to trade for him, really, I think you're looking at something that would be along the lines of a late conditional pick. I'm not sure that he's worth much more than that, especially since they declined his 50-year option. You don't typically do that for a guy that's worth a lot in a trade. Yeah, any trading for him, even a fourth-round pick is probably too high. Uh, It'd probably be fifth, sixth uh, pick uh, at this point. I don't think that... Titans will trade them. I think that they'll probably ride this season out and see what they get and then make the decision at the end uh, if they want to try to pay him. Um, I'm going to have to look into his tape more to give uh, a definitive answer. But, but uh, you know, but yeah, I'd be interested in him. Somebody that size with that speed. Um, and it's also, I, I know I've, I've watched a bunch of them over the years just out of curiosity and, there's some inconsistencies there, but it's also, man, that Tennessee uh, passing offense has not been good. So how much of that is on him? He had the injury issue. Uh, obviously, Tannehill came in and his start was really efficient last year, but a lot of that was just A.J. Brown. Um, so uh, he's definitely somebody that I would be interested in. And how interested I'm going to have to, you know, again uh, – it was a lot of fun watching A.J. Brown, and it's a lot of fun watching Derrick Henry run through uh, people on his big runs. But, man, that has been a boring offense to watch for the last four uh, years. So I haven't seen a ton, a ton of them to feel real confident. But I, I, I don't need to see any of him in the NFL to know that I'd be interested in bringing him in um, at the right price. I don't think he's – and, you know, barring him having a huge season this year – He's not going to command a ton of money. Um, so it's de- that's definitely somebody I'd be interested in consider. And somebody with his uh, profile is exactly what the Jets need. This offense needs somebody that his size with that speed. Uh, so I, I'd be all for that, uh, you know, depending on the price and depending on how this season turns out for him. But it's definitely a good name to keep in mind in, uh, throughout the season as you watch everything unfold. Next question comes in from G Tucker one 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 five. He says, "What's your favorite national burger chain, and which cornerback currently on the roster do you think they might try to convert to safety if they trade Jamal Adams?" So obviously, my answer to favorite national burger chain is Fuddruckers. There's really not any question about that. I'm curious where Chris weighs in on this, but cornerback converting to safety. 
I don't think that's going to happen. I think you'd be more likely to see somebody else step up, maybe Matthias Fairley or something like that, or maybe they bring someone off the practice squad for depth. But I think that if Jamal Adams were to get traded, they'd probably try to find some way to have Marcus May and Ashton Davis in there full-time. I'm not sure how they would divvy it up. That would be kind of a Greg Williams creative challenge because neither guy is really strong safety material, so I'm not sure how he would do it. Maybe some three safety looks, but I don't know that there's any cornerback on the roster right now that I would see converting to safety. Chris, what do you think? Any corners you like that could convert to safety, and what's your favorite national burger chain? All right, so uh, no, I don't I don't see any uh of the corners on this roster that could, could, I mean, could convert to safety and could, you know, realistically start as a a converted safety. I don't see that. Um, Also just, I'm just going to throw this out there again, and I'm going to keep throwing this out there. I do not expect Jamal Adams to be traded. Um, I just can't see it happening. I don't think anyone's going to offer Jets enough for them to be willing to pull that trigger and by the time the season comes around and Jamal is going to be ready to play football and then we're going to move on and then it'll come back up again when the Jets lose a couple games but I just don't see him being traded as far as uh my favorite national burger chain uh I can't speak for all of them like I haven't had in and out I haven't had a lot of the the what's the other I the Whataburger. There's mm-hmm. a couple other that are big out west that I haven't been to, um, but uh, I, I'm a Shake Shack guy. I like Shake mm-hmm. Shack a lot. Uh, the I forget the, the one that the Smokehouse Burger or whatever with bacon and the cherry peppers, mm-hmm. the smoke sauce. That that's my favorite burger. I really I I love like Five Guys a lot. Uh, Smash Burgers got the barbecue bacon and cheddar burger, which I really like. Their other burgers not so much. Um, but I'm, I'm a big Shake Shack guy. I, I really like that, uh, those cherry peppers and the smoked uh, sauce or whatever. So that, that, that's my answer there. Chris, if you do go out West, I suggest that you get yourself a double, double from in and out. I tried it for the first time when I was in Arizona. I enjoyed it. I think in and outs a little overrated just because people talk about it like it's a second coming. I did like it. And the special sauce is really what makes the burger, but I think people are getting a little bit carried away with it. Next question comes in from John. He says, as long as Mr. Nimbly doesn't insist on selling me great pizza, great in quotes, from Mendham or Chester, please. As a kid from Queens, I can't take it anymore. By the way, our Jets are a 500 team, but I keep hearing how special they can be this year, if only. Can they really? I don't know who's telling you that they're going to be special. I think 500 is probably the upside here, to be perfectly honest, if everything breaks right. I tend to think that they're going to be competing with the Dolphins for third place, really. I don't see them having any chance to do better than that unless, and I guess this is what you were talking about, Sam Darnold makes that huge leap into a top 5-10 to quarterback. Then all bets are off and you never know, but I don't really see that happening. I think that, if anything, maybe he works his way into top 10-15 to territory this year. I suppose it's possible just because of how much talent he has, but I don't know that he has the guys around him just yet to really elevate to that level. But I think if he could get to 10 to 15, you may be looking at something in the range of a 500-ish season. Yeah, I don't know who's really thinking about special season from the Jets here, except for the most uh, diehard and delusional fans. Um, and even with Sam Darnold taking a bit huge step, the special season seems 
uh, like a stretch. Now, one thing that I will say is just this season is going to be like any season we've ever, no season we've ever seen before. So maybe super crazy things happen and maybe the Patriots lose a bunch of players because uh, they have to be quarantined and uh, it goes through that, uh, through that locker room more than the Jets locker room. So may, maybe there's some way to work. Um, also, I'll add, I, I did live in Queens for a year and I'll take my pizza from Dante's uh, over that uh, in Mendham. So I, I've eaten a lot of pizza in North Jersey and all throughout New York City. I'm going to stick with my Dante's in Mendham. Thank you very much. I suppose this is probably a good spot for us to give our pizza recommendations. I'll start. I'm going to go with Bella Vista that's in Plainview, Long Island, because I haven't given you a Long Island recommendation yet. I'm trying to mix up the boroughs. Bella Vista's got really good cheese slices, but the key there is if you like buffalo chicken pizza, they have the best buffalo chicken pizza I've ever tasted. And they were one of the first pizza places that I saw doing it. And I remember when somebody told me about it. They said, you got to go to Bella Vista and try this out. So I made the trip, and it was outrageously good. The only thing is, it's really heavy. So you're probably not going to be able to eat more than like two slices at a time. But it's outstanding. So if you like buffalo chicken pizza, Bella Vista in Plainview. And even if you don't, their cheese slices are still pretty good. What do you think, Chris? What do you got from New Jersey? All right, well... I'm going. I'm going to Hoboken for this one, and it, it's interesting because uh, overall, I actually think Hoboken's got pretty disappointing pizza. Um, but this place, it's cold brick oven pizza, so it's a little different. But uh, Grimaldi's, it's called, and it is spectacular. Uh, the thin sli- slices, uh, they're real. It's just excellent. They do a, a, the sauce is just absolutely amazing. Uh, they call it Grimaldi sauce. It's a little bit different. Uh, they have, you know, a different, um, all the different types of pizzas you can have. And then, uh, you know, meat lover type stuff. Uh, it, they do a excellent, excellent brick oven pizza. It's just, if you're at Hoboken, definitely make sure you go ahead and check that out. Cause it is delicious. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. 
Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Ben Marsh. He says, is this whole Jamal Adams thing beyond repair? After his hissy fits the last two months, do you think there's any way he can stay on the team and be a Jet? Or is this relationship just broken forever? Chris, you sort of hit on this. I don't think he's going to have a choice, to be honest. Because the problem is, it doesn't seem like, from what you hear, teams are willing to meet the asking price. I think Jamal Adams values himself a little bit more than other teams do in terms of being willing to give up draft picks and pay him a major extension. I know that he said that there were teams he'd be willing to go to and not sign the extension right away, but still, you got to give up major draft picks and you're going to have to pay him eventually. This is kind of interesting because Joe Douglas can sort of use Jamal's words against him if he wants. He can say to him, look, Jamal, you came out and you said you're a top 10 player in the league, and we agree. You're 24 years old. You're in your prime. I think you're a dominant player, so we asked for the moon. Teams weren't willing to give it to us, so we're keeping you. And really, Jamal Adams doesn't have any leverage. I know people have talked about this, but he doesn't have any leverage. The Jets have control of him for three years. He's not going to sit out because then he would be forfeiting a year of his prime and make no money. Worst case scenario for him, I think he just shows up and plays and maybe he's not happy, but so what? I was listening to Mike Lombardi's GM Street podcast recently. And he made the point that Joe Douglas really can't afford to let a player whine his way out of town. So unless he gets blown out of the water, he's going to look like a chump if he trades Jamal Adams, especially since he's a brand new general manager. And on top of that, he said, what's Jamal Adams going to do, sulk? Okay, well, then other teams are going to take notice of that, and they're going to be reluctant to try to trade for him or to pay him. And on top of that, the idea that he might be unhappy, as Lombardi himself joked, well, so what? Who's really happy, right? So I think that ultimately, he's going to have to come in here and play, and I'm sure he'd prefer to go somewhere else or he'd prefer to get his money, but I think the likely scenario is he plays in 2020 as a Jet, and then at the end of the year, the Jets will sit down with him, try and work out a deal. And if they can't work out a deal at that point, maybe around the draft is when they'll really start to seriously shop him. But I think he's going to be a Jet in 2020. Jamal's made a couple of miscalculations uh, with the way he's gone about this. Uh, I think the biggest miscalculation that he's made is this idea that he has that other teams value him more than the Jets. That the Jets don't value him. Joe Douglas doesn't value him. And I think that's wrong because I do not think that there's any team out there that values him more than the Jets do. I think the Jets very, very much value him. It's again, it's they're not paying out long-term money right now. And, you know, Jamal's sticking to this 
they said that they were going to start talking to me at the top of the year or whatever the exact time frame was. Well, yeah, then life changed. Something happened here where, you know, the world has been greatly affected by what's going on. And so I've NFL teams and a lot of them aren't looking to give out long-term money, especially not the Jets right now. So I think that's the biggest miscalculation he's made is he's sitting here thinking like, the Jets don't value him. The Jets do value him, and they probably value him more than anybody else. That's why they're going to be stubborn and uh, ask for more than anyone else is willing to give him. The other miscalculation I think he's made is that he he thinks just sending out a couple tweets of being unhappy is going to be enough for the Jets to move him. If he wants to force his way out, he's going to need to make way bigger – of a mess than he has and I I just don't see Jamal being willing to do that Jamal is not going to be willing to sit out and miss football games he wants to play football and so he's going to have to come back hat in hand and he's just going to have to pretend like nothing happened and that's exactly what he will do and I know when he was going on the rant people were saying and oh he won't be welcome back into the locker room again players don't think like that they don't they not understand this is a business. They might look at Jamal a little side-eyed uh, uh, at times, but guess what? They were doing that beforehand. Um, I've talked about this before. It's not that the players don't love and follow Jamal, but people like Jamal sometimes will get somebody looking at you like, all right, guy. And this isn't a knock on him because you can look at somebody like Ray Lewis and uh, you hear stories about uh, teammates of Ray Lewis who had nothing but the utmost respect for him as a player and as a leader, but they will tell you story after story of them just being like, all right, Ray. Yeah, Ray. Cool, Ray. Like that, it happens when you, when somebody is that outspoken and that much of a, you know, I, I saw a lot of talk recently about uh, Steve McClendon being, uh, you know, this under heralded guy here. And, and I agree with it. But Steve McClendon is the same type of uh, vocal motivational type of leader. And sometimes people look at him like, hi, Steve, that those types of personalities are always going to get those looks. Um, The players know what it is. The players aren't going to care. They're going to be fine. And they're going to still be exactly the same with them. Um, When they, when the losing starts and Jamal starts tripping again, then they'll probably look at them a little harder and they'll distance themselves a little bit more like, come on, man. But it it's going to end up happening. And once Jamal is back at practice, he's he's not going to be making a scene anymore um, until they start losing and he's unhappy. But, again, this is the cycle that we're in. And the only way out of it is for the Jets to turn into a good team or for the season to play out. And then maybe uh, the Jets will finally make the decision then, okay, whatever, at this point we'll take uh, – a decent package for them instead of asking for the moon. But right now they're going to stick with asking for the moon. Cause again, I think the Jets value him more than most other teams, if not all other teams. If you're going to pay a defensive player top dollar, most general managers are going to want that guy to be a pass rusher, a full-time pass rusher, or somebody who can lock down the opposing team's top receiver. And he can't do either one of those things. Now, Jamal is extremely talented and he can do a little bit of everything. But the problem is he's not locking down receivers, not covering receivers, and he's not going to be able to be a full-time pass rusher. Yes, he's absolutely an outstanding free blitzer. Part of 
of that credit does go to Greg Williams for finding ways to get him into those situations, but he's not somebody that's going to be lining up as an outside linebacker on a play-to-play basis for his own good because at 215 pounds, if Jamal Adams is going up against 325-pound offensive tackles, he's going to find himself in the 15th row. And as far as covering guys... He can cover tight ends, but he's not going to go one-on-one with receivers. So in addition to the fact that Jamal Adams wants a ton of money, he doesn't do one of the two things that are considered the premium skills that require a team giving him that kind of money. So when you put the two together, it's very difficult to see a team that would meet the Jets' trade demands and pay Jamal Adams at the same time. So like you said, Chris, I think that whether he likes it or not, and he probably won't, like it Jamal Adams is going to be here in 2020 what happens after that we'll see that's going to wrap up part two of the weekend mailbag don't forget to follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com if you haven't given the show a five-star review on iTunes yet if you could do that for us we'd really appreciate it it's an easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing it doesn't cost you any money it doesn't take you much time But it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.